Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 109, and we have a special guest that we've been trying to get on the show for what feels like forever, but she (laughs) has been ghosting us and has been making us really work, but we're excited to have Hannah Carroll on the show. So Hannah, I'm going to give you a second here to just introduce yourself, explain a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Go. What's up, you guys? I'm so excited to be here, and I'm already like slap happy. I can't even look at Ashley right now through the screen because she's making me laugh with her cute ass smile. <laughs> so I love you guys so much, and I'm so glad to be here. My name is Hannah Carroll. I'm a mindset coach, so I help people unearth old limiting thought habits and patterns in order to actually move into a life that is abundant and aligned and suits them. And I specifically work with people in career. So finding aligned careers and careers that actually make us good money and that we feel good waking up to every day and we feel passionate about. So that is what I do. Uh, I'm chilling here in Colorado. That's where I live for now. And yeah, anything else you want to know about me? (laughs) How'd you get into mindset coaching? Why do you do it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I worked in corporate supply chain. I studied business, right? So I did that up until basically the beginning of COVID. And at one point I had been a fitness instructor on the side for three years at that point. And it was the thing that lit me up. No matter how hard my day was at work in my corporate job, at the end of the day, if I was teaching a fitness class, I was happy, I was lit up, I was filled with energy. Um, And you hear all these people say like, you know, you, you, you can't live a normal life and work in fitness. I'm sure you guys know this story because you've been there. You've done that. Um, it's hard to make money and all these limiting beliefs that come up. And I really just said, screw it. I'm going to try to move into fitness anyway, because I don't want to be 80 years old looking back on my life and saying, what if I followed my dreams? What if I didn't want that feeling? So I ended up actually quitting my full-time job to move into fitness full-time and then COVID happened. So you can imagine how that went. I became unemployed very quickly and I decided, well, I have to move forward in some way. So I started creating an online fitness presence, hired a mindset coach to help me build my business and my career upon strong foundations. And she helped me completely change my life, do that strong inner work and just completely change my mindset. And so I just pivoted because I've never been so in love with a process in my life. And I felt like I had to follow it once again, just had to follow. So that is the long story of how I got to where I am today. 
Love that. I like it. You were just mesmerized by your mindset coach. And you're like, fuck, I want to do this to people. Yes. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're cursing because that gives me a fear. I'm like, shit, <laughs> try not to curse. Yeah, try not to curse. But if you're doing it, we're no, good. <laughs> all of our episodes are marked as explicit because I tend to curse me a little bit. So. <laughs> yes, My mom doesn't love like it, but she's learned to cope. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Thanks for letting me do me, Mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, awesome. So now you've been in mindset coaching. We met through uh, Empower, which is, I don't even know how to explain it concisely, but we'll just call it business mentorship business and yeah. coaching. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's how we first linked up. And then ever since, we've just been going back and forth. And now all three of us are support coaches for Empower. And so the relationship continues. After Empower's over, we'll probably cut the cord because we've had enough of you. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's okay. It's been good while it lasted. Yeah. Uh, but, no, so typically when we have guests on the show, we have pretty specific questions. But today we're just going to let the shit flow and have a free-flowing, just no-holds-bar conversation uh, just touching on a few topics and we'll kind of see where we go. If we end up on some tangents, great. If we kind of stick to just a few topics, awesome. If we're all over the board, awesome. Uh, <laughs> but one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about, uh, is like the imprinting phase of life and how mm. that impacts your life moving forward. And I, quite frankly, I don't remember how I came across this topic, but I know it was probably digging on you on Instagram or like through yeah. your shit and decided yeah. to go this route. So why don't you dive into that explaining first, what is the imprinting phase and uh, just give a basic outline of that for anyone who doesn't know. Sweet. I love that. First of all, I just got to say, I love flowing with it. So thank you for the opportunity to do that, especially with you guys. Um, You're so this late. Is... <laughs> I <flow> with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. So there's that. Um, so yes, we're getting serious now. Imprinting phase of life, you guys. The great thing about mindset work is it's so based in science and therefore it is so tangible and is something that we can change. The imprinting phase of life is the phase of life ages zero to seven, sometimes even up to 14, where your brain is downloading information on what it means to show up in the world in the quote unquote right way or the way that you should show up in order to fit into society, in order to be accepted, in order to be loved and in order to belong because the greatest human desire is belonging. And all human fears, like you're like, oh, you know, I'm afraid to like show up on this podcast. If you go down the line and say, well, what's under that, what's under that? The greatest human fear is not belonging. So through the imprinting phase of life, and let me say that we were born with a brain that was essentially blank. And then we started to download programs and information on how to be in society. So we look at our parents, we look at our coaches, our teachers, our religious organizations, and we say, that's how I have to be in order to be good, in order to be loved, in order to be accepted. So we learn things from our parents, like what it looks like to have a career, how many hours you should work a week, how much money you should make. You know, like I thought for so long that I had to have a 401k or like I was going to die. Like it was like the wrong thing to do, right? Like that extreme until I really just ripped the bandaid off. Um, 
and we even download things from like our parents, like I'm chubby. Maybe like your mom said like, oh, you know, I need to lose weight. My legs are big. Like this is, was a story I had. And in another conversation, she's like, you look just like me. So my child brain, which was smart imprinted, I have big legs and I'm chubby. Right. And then we imprint things like, um, some religious organizations believe that sex before marriage is a sin, things like that. Right. We imprint all these ideas, these false truths or truths, if you will, into our brain, and we hold them as facts. And then we start to bring them through life. And we might imprint limiting beliefs. We all imprint limiting beliefs. Like, I am not good enough. Uh, money is hard to make. Entrepreneurship is hard. I don't know about you guys, but I had that one, right? And then we bring them through life. So the imprinting phase of life is a scientific phase of life where the brain is downloading information and actually hardwires it into the brain. And that's why mindsets are um, so important to look at and can really cause a huge ripple effect in your life. Mm. Wow. So that's from what you said, zero to seven? Zero to seven, sometimes up to 14. So it can be anywhere in there. And you can even look at things that happened in your life at age 20 and you can usually track them back to limiting beliefs. So that's super trippy. And it's literally your brain in that phase of your life is in a different wavelength. Like when you're born, you're in like Delta waves. And then when you become like two years old, you like move into theta waves Mm -hmm. and the theta waves are actually like where we want to go when we meditate. That's why meditation is so powerful. So we can go back that space where we're imprinting and we can actually create new information in our brain that allows us to move forward that's why affirmations are actually powerful wow (laughs) i love that i mean because i I, we do fuck i haven't been in theta waves in a long yeah (laughs) (laughs) shut up um don't expose me yeah (laughs) no I think that's super interesting I mean we we work a lot with our clients on like affirmations but Mm. I never realized it goes back to like what you just said about the theta waves so Mm -hmm. interesting yeah Yeah. interesting and is this where all of that inner child work comes from a lot of the folks that you listen to I would assume that that's connected and linked somehow yes So when we talk about the inner child, we talk about the person who we were, a child, ages zero to seven, sometimes up to 14, right? That person imprinted everything, right? And that person was hurt in a lot of ways because we believe that we had to show up in a certain way. So let me give you a little example. Um, When I was in the third grade, when we started getting grades, A, B, C, D, E, there's no E, A, B, C, D, E, F, (laughs) A, B, C, D, F. (laughs) Clearly, your grades were not up to par. (laughs) They were not, let me tell you, right? You were getting E's. (laughs) Bro, they were giving me grades that weren't even on the scale. That's how bad they were. So I started getting F's, right? And immediately, everyone freaked out. So I was under a microscope and you can feel when you're a child, when something is wrong. And maybe it's like, you didn't make it on the soccer team. Maybe it's like somebody was making fun of you. You can feel when something is wrong as a child or when somebody tells you you're wrong. So my parents were freaking out that I was getting F's and I'm like, oh God, oh God, I suck, I suck, something's going wrong. And um, 
that was scary for me. It felt unsafe. And I was immediately like put on Adderall because I knew that they needed to fix me, right? I was not okay as I was. That was the thought that was going on in my head. So the inner child there that I can look at today was hurt because she felt like she wasn't good enough, not smart enough, not strong enough, whatever it may be. Um, and that's what we get to play with as adults and say, damn, how was I hurt as a child? How was I feeling like I was unsafe or not held or did not belong? And how has that followed me through life and created a situation where I show up in a way that is less than powerful? Yeah, this wow. is deep. We're we're already way too deep. We need to come like, back oh, to the shit. shallows. How, so is that how you change ultimately change those limiting beliefs? Yes. Or for thought sure. patterns, I guess I should yeah. say. The damn you guys, we really are going deep. <laughs> I thought this conversation was gonna be funny, but it can't be. So yeah. <laughs> How do we change limiting beliefs? So yeah, it starts with a level of awareness for sure. So um, asking yourself and you can go back through, I always tell people to do what I call a timeline exercise where you go back and you write out like everything that has happened in your life. And you're like, geez, what is this going to take me seven hours? And I'm like, well, maybe it took me like an hour, right? But it's so freaking impactful. And the reason I'm here today is because I did this work. So we get to go back through our timeline and say, what is everything that has happened to me? And then you can ask yourself three questions. What did I learn about myself given this scenario? What did I learn about others given this scenario? And what did I learn about the world? And things will come up for you. Like if you didn't make it on the soccer team, your seven-year-old brain thought, I'm not good enough. Or like maybe you thought coaches are assholes and that's followed you through life. Or maybe you think that I have to achieve in order to be loved. And we can see how these things follow us through life. So the first step is absolutely like a level of awareness, right? And sometimes when there's trauma, when things were imprinted under like high emotional intensity and like somebody called you fat in the playground and like really like you held that and it was embarrassing, when something was imprinted with high emotional intensity, it can be hidden in the subconscious. So meditation is also really powerful because it allows us to get into a lower brain wave state and actually uncover those things. Like shit comes up for me when I meditate. Sometimes I'll like burst into tears, it's kind of trippy, but it's so powerful because it releases that shit from your body, that energy from your body, it allows you to see what might be holding you back from showing up. For instance, like when I became a, a fitness instructor full-time, I did have that belief that I was chubby and the word for me was not fat, but chubby. That was the triggering word. And I would hide myself. I would show up on Instagram differently. I was so particular about how I posed because I believed that I couldn't be a fitness instructor because you should be a certain way to teach movement, right? So we can see where those shoulds come up as well. The story is, is getting away from me right now, but yes, Ash, the, the way that we can start to change limiting beliefs is the first thing we need to do is have a level of awareness about it. And there's an entire another like five step process that I'll let you, I'll send you guys a podcast. So where your listeners can listen to the, the rest of the process and start to unearth their shit as well. But awareness is number one. And we'll start there today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I really love the topic of self-awareness and that entire concept of identifying your strengths and accepting your weaknesses as well as identifying those. Mm. But I think that's really powerful work that not a lot of people are willing to do. Uh, mm. But I like adding the layer of 
I developing self-awareness and then as you kind of said peeling back the onion and getting into some of those subconscious thoughts and and all yeah. of that work so I love how those two connect with each other but yeah self-awareness is huge because it's part of mm-hmm. it's the only way you're going to be able to I think accept where you're at where you're going to go and where you were previously right. uh yes. And really just free yourself, right, from all of the the shit that you feel that you have to conform to or that you have to uh, live up to. Because if you can be at peace with the fact that I'm good at X, Y, and Z, I suck yep. at A, B, and C, and yep. just live in that and accept it and, and move forward, that's huge. I love that so much, and that's so insightful. I think that when you say, like, freeing yourself – that is fucking massive, right? We hold ourselves back so often because we don't feel like we're enough. And what's coming up for me is I've always had this thing with grammar. And by the way, to like continue the story before about me getting Fs, like as soon as I got on Adderall, I was like an A plus student, right? And I started to have this ego or this mask that I would wear to the world, which was I'm smart and I would prove it, right? But it was hard for me. It's hard for me to like learn the math and the science. Like I had to work really hard, right? And so I had this thing around like grammar and spelling and like the proper use of words. And once I learned to accept the fact that I didn't have to be good at grammar and spelling and words in order to be a very impactful and pivotal mindset coach, I set myself free from that. So now I I think I need you. Bro, Ash couldn't be worse at those things. Yeah, and it doesn't fucking matter. Like, bro, you teach people how to firm their asses up. Like, that's we're just gonna erase the description on the website and put we help people firm their asses up. Get it put. Nah, you should put get it right, get it tight. That's just as bad. What was uh? So we had Ani Johnson on here and oh, her original Facebook page. What was the name of that? It was like something boot Andy's like booty burner journey, some shit like that. <laughs> oh like God. the absolute worst Facebook group of all time, but she had like 10,000 people in it. So I <laughs> could not love a human being more. Andy Johnson, whoever's listening to us, go listen to that podcast episode and follow her. She's <laughs> An angel baby. And I I love that so much. It's so cool to look back at that stuff. And this is actually really cool tie into like mindset stuff is we all have to start somewhere. And so many times we're afraid to start because we're afraid to show up imperfectly because we think we have to show up a certain way. We should show up a certain way like the other people that we're seeing in the industry, right? So if Andy Johnson never started her ridiculous Facebook page about booty building, burning journeys. She would never be who she is today. That's just how that goes, right? That's universal law is that what you do now will lead you on a path. And if you're aligned right now, it doesn't actually matter what you're doing because it'll lead you to where you need to go. But the ego, the the recovering perfectionist in us stops us from even starting so many times how many times literally i was telling you guys before we started this podcast that i have a yeti mic like i'm on an iphone microphone right now this shit is like a corded one a corded one it's not impressive at all (laughs) i have a yeti mic right like this shit's like 150 dollars. i started my podcast like three months ago i've had this mic for a year and a half 
I allowed myself to press pause and say, I'll do it later until I can figure out this mic because it's got to be perfect. (laughs) Fuck that. I'm podcasting on an Apple mic right now. Yeah, it's so true. We, we've talked about that in depth with a lot of our clients. I've done a lot of blog posts about it, but, and because I am like the definition of perfectionism and Ash is not. <laughs> I like am, but not, not, not to, the same to degree. you. Yeah. Yeah. Her but it's good that, that we're. Was great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, just picture. Have you ever been to a CrossFit gym? Yes. This is a perfect example. When you walk into, if he manages a CrossFit gym, all the medicine balls, they are all the exact same way with the laces out, like turn the right. You don't see that in a CrossFit gym. So that's just like that. Okay. So go on with your story. It's because when I was seven, I was imprinted on from my dad (laughs) because he was a Marine and he was like, yo, this shit better be organized. Probably. (laughs) And if it's not, you're dead to me. Like you're not a man, right? Like it's like. Like, God bless our parents. Let me just say, like, yes, this is your parents' fault. <laughs> not the, like, we, we say, like, hurt people hurt people. Well, every single one of us wears trauma goggles. I'm going to fucking traumatize my friends. I'm going to traumatize my kids, and then they get to deal with it. And it makes us who we are, and it makes our story beautiful. Like, I wouldn't be here today unless my mom called her legs fat. I wouldn't be here today unless my dad's business went fucking under and like cause bankruptcy within our family, right? Bless you, mom and dad. You fucked me up. And also, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's talk about perfectionism since we're on that topic, Uh, because I think there's a lot of different tunnels or or rabbit holes that we can go down with this, whether it's people-pleasing or ego or over-planning or paralysis by analysis, all this shit. Why? Well, let's, let's do both sides of the coin. Why is perfectionism a positive thing? Why could it be something positive for us? Sure. Um, And by the way, remind me to tie in all these topics you just said, because they're all good or whatever the fuck comes up. But perfectionism, I want to say, let's talk about how the ego is a positive thing. And the ego is a part of perfectionism. And let's give this example. Um, rolling off the example of when I was young, I thought I wasn't smart enough. We have this thing called the shadow and the shadow is where we hide all the things that we think make us unacceptable. So I put in my shadow so nobody could see it, that I thought I was not smart. Okay. And I'm like, I, nobody will love me if I'm not smart. So I'm gonna hide that I'm smart. And I know I studied my ass off in order to be accepted. And I put this mask on to the world. And I make sure everyone knows that I am very, very, very smart. And that's the ego. I am smart. I am intelligent. I am an achiever. I put on this ego in order to show up in the world in that way so that I feel accepted and loved, right? Now, the the ego is detrimental because it will stop us from moving forward. It will have a show up in a shitty way. And it's so funny because like when I think of the ego, I think of like, you go to a frat party and the frat guys are like, who do you know here? Right? Like that's what I think of as the ego. <laughs> so true. <laughs> right? Like that's ego city. But there's more to the ego. The ego is anywhere where you where you can say I am. There's ego there. There's a mask that you wear to the world. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And here's where we get into Derek's question on 
how is perfectionism sometimes helpful? How is the ego sometimes helpful? Well, the ego, if you have an ego of, I am a fitness instructor, I am a business owner, and you're like, this is because I showed up as a kid and I didn't feel good enough, so now I got to prove it. That could be helpful right now because what you're going to do is you're going to show the hell up in the morning to be that person. We ask a lot of the times in mindset work, who do you want to be? And I posted that on my story today and I even put it on my mirror in my new house. Who are you going to be today, Hannah? And when I ask that question, I'm tying in my ego and I'm saying, who are you? The ego is who are you, right? And sometimes it comes from a place of hurt, but that's okay. It allows us to show up because when we say I am something, we're going to show up in that way. We're going to move forward. We're going to push the needle. We're going to say, I am the fitness coach. I am the business owner. And therefore I'm going to slay the day. If you will, right. Put that on your Pinterest board. <laughs> so that's one way that the ego is helpful. I suppose. Uh, you were basically just describing my entire life. So um, <laughs> after the, we had a call with, Nick Pags during Empower. And it was a call where he talked about ego for probably like 30 minutes. And as he was describing ego, I just remember mm. Ashley like kicked me under the table and like gave me a couple <laughs> shoulder bumps of like, yeah, you're all four of those things. You're ego and, boy. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Cause he was asking us to identify with one. And I was like, well, I'll identify with all four, put my name on all four of those. I'll take it. Right. And it's so cool that you are in a place where you can do that, right? Like you're in a place where you can say, yeah, I got a big ego. Ooh, Kanye West, you guys know that song? Such a huge <laughs> ego. <laughs> I couldn't even name you one song in the Billboard Top 500, okay? Bro, There's no way I could tell you. I know, that's what I'm saying. Go, okay, Billboard 1000. <laughs> like go way back. I can't do it. That's all so we funny. all we listen to is country and 2000s hip-hop when we when if you don't uh, like it get off the fucking podcast <laughs> yeah if you don't like it just end the call now okay uh so okay that's the way it can be positive yeah. and i think i i completely agree with you because i think that for a lot of individuals i know myself specifically that's what drove me for almost 10 years to continue to be the best possible coach i could be because yeah. I because I looked at everybody as I'm going to prove all of you wrong. You all have these limiting beliefs around fitness and around coaching. And none of you believe that anybody can make money in this industry and that everybody right. burns out and that it's just impossible to survive. And mm. I said, okay, I'm going to show all of you who went to PA school and med school and mm. PT school because you thought that was the way. I'm yeah. going to show you that I can go a different way. And that ego would that drove me hard for nearly 10 years. And now I've done a lot of work and, and dove into that and, and pulled back slightly. But that's still a factor for me where I like having that chip on my shoulder and proving to people there yeah. is a better way to do it. There's a different way to do it. You can do it too, but you're probably too scared to do it. Yes, you are the prime example of how the ego can work for us. That chip on the shoulder, the fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. The watch me, right? Watch you stand over there. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to do my thing. Like, don't say a word to me while I do it. Like that is like, <laughs> that is like prime example. Of good ego. <laughs> yeah. And I love that about you because that was not me. Uh, so we need both in the world. Me neither. That's why we make a good team. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, it's funny because 
in full transparency, we'll have these conversations about our business, right? And we'll say, oh, I don't know if we can raise our prices to X because so-and-so only charges Y. And who do we think we are for increasing our price and offering this service? And are we are we good enough to do this? And Ashley, those are all the thoughts that go through Ashley's head. Meanwhile, I'm over here on the other side of the spectrum. And I'm like, we're the fucking best. <laughs> like I'm like, we are the best. So yeah, we can do this. And that's where the ego comes in on my side. But that's why we make a great partnership is because she makes mm. me pull back and have some humility and really look <laughs> at things. But yes, that's where it can be helpful in some cases. Were you in a frat? No. Surprising. Oh, God. <laughs> really ruining my prime moment to shine here. I was like, you were the guy at the party that said, who do you know here? <laughs> no, no. We, well, we kind of say that shit about our family. We're like, you're either a ball or you're a wannabe. And very That's few so people make the transition. So their family is a frat. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's so funny too, because like, Derek, you're like the nicest guy, but you have like this like funny, like I'm going to make fun of you thing. And that's how you know I love you. So it's yeah. like, it's like, it's, it's like I'm the fifth sure. grade kid. Like who I'm going to just keep making fun of you because I either like you or yeah. you're my friend because, <laughs> well, let's get deep. All my friends, my entire life, all we did was make fun of each other. So literally when, when we're around, we said this at our wedding this past summer, uh, me and a few of the other like fiancés and wives now we were like oh my gosh how are they friends if like if this was a bunch of ra especially random girls together there would be tears and <laughs> anger and like i'm like how are they friends and he's so right yeah we've just, just done it forever yeah yeah for sure okay Probably. so that's how it can be helpful sorry i didn't mean yeah, to cut yeah, you yeah. off no, you're now good. let's go to the other side of the coin <laughs> Why can perfectionism and ego be so detrimental to us? Sure. So perfectionism keeps us stuck. In so many ways, it keeps us stuck. And it's so strange that this is like coming up too, because for Empower You Guys, which is the business coaching program that we met in, that we're now support coaches in, us three, um, I posted about that in our Facebook group today for people to think about. And perfectionism truly keeps us stuck exactly where we are. Us recovering perfectionists, actually believe on a subconscious level like consciously we can be like no i'm loved like i belong but like there's the inner child that lives in the subconscious that is actually 88 percent of our thought patterns by the way that says if i don't get an a if i don't make it on the varsity team i will not be loved i will not belong and that carries through our life so we think that we have to be perfect in order to be loved. We think that if things are not perfect, they're not good. And it stops us in our tracks because if something is new to you, like you haven't done it before, therefore you're probably going to suck at it at first or it's not going to be perfect. Right. And the point of life is an exploration and evolution of trying things new. If we're recovering perfectionists and we can't even think about trying something new because we know it's not going to be good then we won't even try or we'll put it off like I did for a freaking year before I actually started podcasting, right? We will do these things. We'll stop ourselves from moving forward, from exploring because we think it needs to be perfect. So it's a little bit about perfectionism there and how it can stop us. Have you guys seen this in any way in, in yourselves or in your businesses or in your coaches? Well, I was going to say that I'm almost on, I, I hear what you're saying and agree. But also mm. to some level, 
I look at it as because I am a recovering perfectionist, maybe not even recovering. I might just be a perfectionist, <laughs> but uh, I look at it as all the time leading up to me actually executing on something. I'm utilizing that to get as much information as I can and to mm. make it as I guess perfect's kind of like not the right word here, but to make it as great as I can. But yeah. I know for me personally, I know that I'm going to execute and I know I'm not going yeah. to delay. It's purposeful consumption yeah. and education. But I think a lot right. of times, if you don't have that awareness, it does lead to, like you had mentioned, putting something off un subconsciously, purposefully, yeah. but what you would call unintentionally until you finally were just like, fuck it, I have to do this. Yeah. Yep, so yep, I yep. think there's kind of two two avenues there. There is. And I love this because you're giving like your story and my story are very, very different. Same, same, but different. Right. And my story about perfectionism and your story about perfectionism all stem from our childhood. It always does. Like anything, the way that you view life today, dear viewers and listeners is through the lenses of your previous experience. If you could take anything from this conversation, please take that. The way that you view and react and respond and move through life today is a result of your previous experience. So for me, my previous experience stated, well, I'm not good enough, so I may as well just not try. Maybe your previous experience, Derek, stated that like your family was kind of like had the chip on the shoulder, like we fucking rock. And you're like, yeah, we fucking rock, right, dad? You know, like we're, we're like thugging it, like we are the shit. And it has little made D. you move through life. Little, can you imagine little D? Wow, we're shit. You are so. <laughs> like straight on flexing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably literally flexing. Back No, back in the day, I didn't. Well, th this whole conversation makes me, the way we frame this to our clients is identity. Like we're talking about it in terms of, you know, uh, like the imprinting phase and ego and perfectionism. But all of this makes me think of the conversations that we have talking about identity and where we place our identity and how mm. your identity impacts your behaviors, your actions and all of these things. Because as you oh. had mentioned, if you think you need to be X, Y, and Z, then you're going to behave that way. Like I used yeah. to, I used to be the fitness guy. That's how everybody knew me. I, right. and that's how I felt that everybody viewed me. That was my identity was the CrossFit kid. Mm. And so I had to carry that because I thought that's what I needed to be in order to be accepted, right? So right. It's, a, it's a very similar conversation to what we're already having, but we just frame it in a little bit of a different way. I love that. And I love that you use the word identity because I, I never really use that word. And I'm over here thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna start like tying in that word. And this is a really cool opportunity to, to see the ego. Like I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm the mindset expert, right? Like you guys are the fitness expert. You're teaching me right now something that I can use in my in mindset way. You're teaching me about mindset by bringing up the word identity and I'm feeling inspired by it. The ego could hold me back in this case. I could shut off my ears when I hear you trying to teach me something about ego saying I'm the expert, I'm the ego person or I'm the, the mindset person, right? But I've identified and become aware of this ego and so when you say that, and I want to be like, oh, fuck, I didn't know that. I never thought of it that way. I'm the expert. I should have. And whenever there's a should, we know that there's something to look into. But now I'm like, oh, damn, I'm without my ego. I'm like, dang, D, you said that thing about identity. 
Like you and Ash thought that up. That was sick. I'm going to integrate that. And I can say that because my ego's not holding me back from being like, I'm the mindset coach. I know. And you don't. I like your ego voice. <laughs> my ego is such a Karen. Such a yeah, bitch. legit. That's exactly what it is. A Karen. Uh, it's Karen AF. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And as you were talking there, I had a thought and now I'm starting to lose it. So I'll have to circle back here. But yeah, uh, with... So we're talking how ego can hold us back, how perfectionism. Oh, this is what I was going to say. See, this is why I just okay. kept rambling. Oh, All that comes down to humility, the exact, what you were just describing. You humility. know, the, having the humility to step back and say, all right, you just taught me something, or you may know more than me in this particular subject or area. And even though I am the quote unquote fitness guy or the mindset coach, I'm going to take what you say because it could help. It may help me. It may help somebody else. And so it's yeah. finding that balance of finding the good in the ego because there is some of it. And then yeah. having the humility to say, even though I am at this level, anybody that's on the same level or even below me can teach me something. Damn, shoddy. That was good. Why Derek, are you so you? white? I, I don't know. I am so white. <laughs> Damn, shoddy. Men. I don't know why I always call men shoddy. It's like a thing. <laughs> My boyfriend's like 6'4", and I call him shoddy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm 6'4", so I'm a little short. There, see, you're shoddy too, you tall guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so good. And like literally when you were talking, I'm like, let me look up this word real quick, humility, because I want to get this right. And another word that came up was humble. And I think that, man, that's just so good. Like how can we in life stay humble in order to grow. And there's this quote, this like idea that says like, what you know is like 2%. You know 2% of things. And what you don't know that you don't know is like pretty much everything else, right? We don't know what we don't know. And one of the biggest things that I work on in mindset is expansion. How can you expand your mindset? How can you expand what your you, what you learn how can you expand your wisdom how can you expand your reach your power right because i think the entire freaking point of life for me right now and to help other people do is to expand into like the most powerful version of themselves where you're just like showing up as a badass and not letting stuff hold you back right and how can we do that how can you become the person you want to become unless you're humble enough unless you have humility to hold your ears like open, like put little hands behind your ears, like microphones and say, what do you got to teach me world? Derek, Ash, tell me things I got to know so I can move forward. Yeah. I love it. Well, and that's something that I know I quote him a lot in our empower calls, but that's something that Gary mm. V talks about all the time, oh, yeah. right? Is his, essentially his entire message over the years has been boiled down to humility, empathy, kindness and like fucking working hard and awesome. those are pretty much what he preaches to everybody now whereas in the beginning it was kind of a lot of cursing a lot of like <laughs> hey you just gotta fucking go you gotta work harder you gotta put out yeah. more and then over the years he's kind of morphed it into humility empathy kindness working hard mm. and finding that balance but humility is so valuable because humility is what allows you to accept feedback and implement it into your life, whether it's your career, your relationships, your, uh, your hobbies, 
it doesn't matter. Humility is the secret sauce because with humility, you can take feedback and say, you know what? They're right. I can improve on X, Y, and Z. Or if I change the way that I'm executing on this, it may create more success or more opportunities for myself. Mm, But a lot, but feedback doesn't feel good. Feedback feels like you're being attacked because of your ego. Exactly. So you have to have the humility (laughs) to put the ego aside and take the feedback, even though it doesn't feel good and implement it. You want to know what I just wrote down? That was a freaking drop the mic, honestly, (laughs) for what you said, by the way, not for what I said, but (laughs) I want to go off that. I literally just wrote down ego says that feedback is an attack. And that's exactly what you just said, right? Like Mm -hmm. the ego said, like, literally this happened with my partner the other day. He's like, Hey, can I like tell you about something or not? And I'm like, Oh, he's not happy with me. Right. And I like froze up and my body froze. Cause I'm a good partner, right? Ego. I am a good partner. And he's giving me this feedback and my phone is going off. So I'm just going to shut that up. He's giving me this feedback and my ego wants to shut it out. But the love inside of me, like you're talking about, Gary Vee says, how can we show up like with more love and more empathy and whatever? That part of me was like, yo, calm down. Feedback is not an attack. Feedback is neutral, which is something that our business coach, Jess Glazer, talks about all the time. Feedback is neutral. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. We're on the same wavelength. Uh, Party wave. (laughs) Yeah. Well, along those same lines, we're talking about humility and ego. Another thing that we often talk about in our messaging and with our clients is positivity and optimism and Mm. really just like the energy that you're putting out there. And what we often describe is that negativity, that's what Mm. dominates society. That's what dominates the workplace conversations, relationships. And the reason that it dominates is because negativity is contagious and negativity Mm. is really easy. Think about any situation where if you walk into work, most nine to fivers, you're yeah. going to run into Sally and Jack and Bill and they're all going to say, oh, tell you what, this fucking day. Or they're going to say this over the weekend, I had this happen. They're immediately going to yeah. go to the negative because number one, they're probably not fulfilled in their job. But number yeah. two, it's <laughs> easy. And then as soon as we hear the negative, we think, oh, I need to commiserate with you. Like misery loves company, right? Yeah. And it's so hard to go against that current, but positivity and optimism always, always win. Mm-hmm. Man, when you said like that person is, you know, acting that way because they're unfulfilled, that's exactly what I was thinking. We are party waving hard today, family. But um, yeah, I think you're so right. Like people are, we kind of live in a society of people who are, I don't want to generalize in this way because that's a freaking mindset too, but people are miserable a lot of times because they make themselves miserable because they think that they should be in certain jobs. And so they do, and it's not aligned. So they hate their damn lives and they come in after the weekend and they're like, it's Monday. I hate being here. Guess what Linda did this weekend. Linda fucking sucks. It's like, you wouldn't care about Linda if you like loved your job a little bit more. Right. And like, maybe you would care about Linda a little bit, but like, it's like being triggered. Like the more that there is like pain in your life, the more you're going to be affected by other shit, right? The more you're unfulfilled, the more you're going to be affected by those things. And then like bring that toxic negativity with you. So I love that you brought that up. I think that's spot on. 
Well, I think a, a lot of the times too, I know the way we view it is because we're big into our faith is that we frame it in terms of, Hey, when we're positive and we present optimism and are kind to people and are humble and just like fun to be around, we're like reflecting the image of Christ. And so that's how we frame it. But regardless of what you believe, you could just talk about being just a good human being. It's hard to do that. But when you are that way, when you present yourself in that way, it's recognized by everyone because you look different than everybody else. If you're the positive, you're like the guy or gal who that people hate, right? Because they're like, she is too happy. Fucking Hannah is that annoying, (laughs) happy bitch. And all I want to do is just like smack her. Facts. And I know that, right? Facts. I know people hate me on my Instagram because I'm so hype. And you know what? This actually brings up a really funny thing in mindset work, which is really hard for people to swallow. So hello, listeners, like you're with me for a second. Let's talk about it. Usually what you hate in other people is what you hate in yourself. So you've got a few options here. Let's say like, I hate Derek because he's loud or whatever. (laughs) He's got, he uses his voice. He's just so loud. And like, he just talks loud. He's always talking and like, whatever. You got some options here. Either you're just freaking like him and you can't admit it to yourself. Or option B, you think that it's very, very, very wrong to be like Derek because of your religious organization, because of your parents, because of your teachers, your peers, somebody taught you that it's wrong to be that way. And so you think it's fact, or you wish you could be just like him and something's holding you back from being like him. So that is the shadow. That's the epitome of the shadow. What do you hate in other people? You probably hate in yourself you think it's wrong or you wish you could. And if you get really, really, really honest with yourself, you can do some serious self-discovery and mindset work that will set you free. But the cue is that you got to be honest, which is really hard for us to do because of the ego. So what you're saying is I should write down the five people I hate most (laughs) and I should list all their characteristics and attributes. And if I find what all those are, I either think it's wrong or I want to be them is essentially what it boils down to. Yep. It's either you are just the same, you think it's extremely wrong, or you want to be just like them. And with the you think it's extremely wrong thing, I like to give the example of like, let's say, I can't even give this example of Ashley because she's just so not like this. But let's say like Ash loved to wear like push-up bras and like she's got her stuff out for the world to see. Full disclaimer, just- Ash doesn't own a push-up bra. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know she doesn't. So I'm like laughing. I'm like, this is a horrible example. But let's say you know some girl, right? And she's just got her ish out for the world to see. Either you're kind of just like her and you want to kind of flaunt it, but you want to like pretend like you don't. Or you think it's extremely wrong because your mom said it's wrong or your religious organization said it wrong or your private school growing up said it was wrong. Or you wish you could have the damn confidence to flaunt it like she does, Right. So you got three options and it's up to you to be honest with yourself in order to, to see the truth, to make the change. Yeah. I love that. Those, I think that's super powerful and it's something I think that we can all do easily, right? We can all look at that person and say, you know, I don't like this person for A, B, and C. And then if we really, like you said, if you're really honest with yourself and you sit down and you identify those characteristics, 
characteristics or attributes, you'll easily put it into one of those three buckets and it could really be impactful if you're willing to do that work. So I really, really like that. I've never heard anyone frame it in that way. Yeah. And, and like you said earlier, I love that you said this, it sets you free because what we do is we walk around like this, that fucking Ashley, I'm telling you what, she just pisses me off. And then you go to your coworkers and you're like, you know, what, Ashley, doesn't she piss you off too? <laughs> and like your coworker who might be a positive person is like, no, I think her outfits are dope. You know, <laughs> or like somebody's gonna either like commiserate with you or gonna make you even more mad because they're not gonna wanna. So you just walk around with this like, oh, she just makes me mad. And if you could just see that, like, it's really you that's making you mad, it's kind of funny. And you're like, oh, I'm not integrated, right? Because if Ashley's making me mad because she's showing off her junk in the trunk and I don't feel good enough about myself to do that, then I get to see that. I get to be set free from the anger, from the frustration. And I get to see how it's on me in order to create and foster self-love and self-acceptance in order to show up more like Ashley in the world. And that one hurts. If you hate somebody to say, I wish I could show up more like her, that one freaking hurts. You don't have to journal about that, honey. <laughs> yeah. Honey. <laughs> but I, what you said there, I, how it's on you. I think that's so empowering. Like you yeah. have control versus someone else like you you can't change that person no matter how much you want to yeah so i like what you said there yeah and that's just spoil it just circles back around to self-awareness right when you don't when you're lacking the self-awareness you can't identify that well once you have developed yep. self-awareness you can identify that but it's still on you to then execute on that knowledge that you've developed about yourself to change your circumstances you know you can that's the beauty of self-awareness because as we were saying already, it's freeing. It's freeing because you can change who you are if you have the self-awareness that you need to make that happen, to make that a reality. Because you can free yourself from, okay, I have to be the CrossFit guy to, oh, I can develop any legacy I want now. And that's the question you have right. to ask yourself is like, what legacy are you actually leaving behind? Because the legacy that you want to leave behind doesn't always line up with your actions and your behaviors because your shit is fucked up and you haven't put yep. the work in to course correct <laughs> because your shit is fucked up and you think you have to be the crossfit guy you think you should be the crossfit guy or whatever yeah and then you if you can really be aware like you're saying you can really be um, do the self-discovery ask these hard questions like we've been talking about and they're not fun but if you do it then you get to be free and then you get to move past the things that you think you should be and that's massive you know yeah. what comes up for me when we we're talking about this? Nick Pags, who I just heard you guys say was on the podcast before, one of his pillars, and he is our mindset coach right now, the one that I'm working with and these guys are working with too. One of his pillars of mindset work is the victim versus the victor mentality. And what came up for me there is like, okay, we think we're the victim to our circumstances. We think that we can't go into fitness because you won't make money, right? This is like a, a mindset that was given to us by society. We think that we're victim to whatever circumstances we're in. And it's just not the truth. We're coming into a different like societal wavelength that knows that that's not the fact, right? We know that we have the power to create any life. And that if we don't believe that it's because of societal like impact on our mindset, so we can come into this mentality when we're not the victim, 
to our circumstances. We're not a victim to what has already been done. We know that the sky is the limit, right? And those are the people that change society that say, like you did, Derek, like, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to prove it to you. Like, can you imagine when they were like, yeah, I'm going to take a rocket to the moon. Can you imagine how many people laughed at that? And now didn't like Elon Musk just go to the moon for absolutely no reason other than to go to the moon? Uh, yeah, I would guess he's a free, he's an alien. So probably he, he really is an alien. So he was the victor versus the victim. He didn't let his circumstances hold him back. He didn't let the limiting beliefs hold him back. He didn't let the conditioning of the world hold him back. He's like, nah, I'm going to be the person that changes my life. It's a, it's a real thing, the victim versus the victor. So we can ask ourselves that day in, day out. How am I saying, woe is me because my car broke down? I always tell people, like, next time your car breaks down or, like, your tire goes flat or anything like that, like, the ambulance driver, the police officer, the mechanic could be your future husband. So stop your whining. I, I mean. love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Well, I, I love where you're going with this because if we bring this down to – from Elon Musk down to us peasants here in the real world. Uh, you can easily look at your, I always think about this because I know my parents are somewhat this way, but when we first told them about ballistic, I think they thought it was either a joke or they thought it was going to be like this cute little side hustle that makes us a couple hundred dollars a month sure. uh, to have like play money with. But they viewed it that way because in their time, in their generation, they didn't have the capabilities that we have now. They couldn't make yes. any life that they wanted. Or I guess you could argue that they still could, but it was way more harder. It's way more realistic to do it now because we have the internet. Right. Our our parents' generation didn't have the internet. They it was a lot less realistic to say, I'm going to go create my own business. I'm going to go live this lifestyle it was much more common to say, I'm going to go work at this company for 30 years. And whether I love right. it or not, it's going to be a paycheck. It's going to be how I provide for my family. Yeah. And so I think if you, <laughs> if you don't have the self-awareness to realize that was where they came from yes. and we're in a different scenario and we can make any reality that we want because of the internet, that is really powerful. And that also frees you from feeling that whatever your parents' beliefs are, you also have to believe or conform to. Massive. So massive. It's so true. We're coming into a different world. We live in a different world already. And people are starting to recognize and realize that we are, to use a woo-woo word, powerful manifestors. What does the word manifest mean? It means to bring into physical form, to bring into reality something that we desire. Like, it's not that spiritual if you think about it. We can create whatever we want. And the old thought, like you said, Derek, was that it came from our parents as everything else does from the people around us that this is what we have to do. We've got to do it this way or we're not going to be successful, right? We get the shoulds. You should go to college. You should get a nine to five. You should get a job with a 401k. You should get a corporate job in finance, even if you love fitness, because that's how that goes. And then it comes back to the, you know, showing up Monday to the watering hole at the office and you're goddamn miserable because you're not in alignment, right? Because you don't think what you want is possible. So many times in life, we ask ourselves, instead of what do I desire? What is my, the highest version of my life? We ask ourselves, what can I get away with? And 
we're as a society and like us three are all on the same wavelength of I can get away with anything that I want. And I'll add on to that when it's in alignment. If something is true to you, and this does not come from a place of ego of I should do this, or that's how I will be loved. If something is in alignment with you and you're unblocking your limiting beliefs, then there's a will, there's a way, right? I believe that when you work from a place of alignment and you work hard and you don't let things hold you back, that shit just works out, right? Opportunities come to be. And part of like my mindset on that is that like pizza is at work. And in our mindset work, we call pizza, God, Buddha, Allah, Jesus, whoever you work with universe, we call it pizza, just like as a catch all here. Pizza will work with you when you're working with pizza. When you're saying, this is what I desire for my life, no matter what other people tell me, no matter that people tell me I can't do it, or I'm telling me that I'm not smart enough, I'm going to do it anyway, because I know that in my heart, it's right. And it's what I am put on this earth to do right now. Shit just works, right? It yeah. will. No, we love that. And we, we talk about this, the exact same conversation we're having. We just frame it again in a slightly different way because of our faith. Sure. And we'll call yeah. it. Uh, whether it's God's will for your life or whether it's yes. what you're called to. Sometimes we'll rephrase, we'll refer to it as living in purpose instead of like on oh. purpose. But that, what you just described, if you are following, like if you're a person of faith, you're following God's will for your life and you truly yeah. believe it is and you've prayed about it or whether you're, you're following what you believe the universe is calling you to do. Yeah. There's a reason that those opportunities present themselves and that things are happening because when you are pursuing his will or you're pursuing what you believe the universe is calling you to do, there are going to be doors that open that shouldn't have opened or that you didn't previously yes. see because you're following what is laid out in front of you or what is meant to be. Like we always say, like God's plan is far greater than anything you could imagine. Same way you could say like pizza has yeah. a way greater plan than you could imagine. Yes. And that's how you end up at that destination. And you look back and say like, holy shit, how did I get here? Like I look at my journey through coaching and it went from Boston to Virginia to St. Thomas to Pittsburgh to Florida mm -hmm. to Ann Arbor. And you look in retrospect, of course, you can see it all. But in those oh, moments, oh, yeah. we didn't know if that was the right decision. We just prayed about it and thought, you know what? This is what God's calling us to do. Let's go. Let's move to Florida. Let's move to Ann Arbor. Yes. And so, yeah, whether, regardless of what you call it, there is something that you are called to do and you just have to have the balls to say, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I got the chills when you were saying that you said something about God's will is taking us to Florida or whatever. And you said, well, you, what I heard you say when you said that was that you were living in faith of God and you were living in faith of yourself. You were saying, I know that God has got my back. And I know that I, I have the power to create this with God on my side, knowing my power. I have faith in God. I have faith in myself. And it's, it's trust, right? It's trust. Yeah. It's faith in God and it's trust in oneself and one's power and one's ability. Well, I love that you brought up your trust in yourself because that's something we talk mm -hmm. about all the time, especially if someone comes to us and they are a believer because this is where we run into it the most. It happens with folks who don't believe in God as well. But sure. I love when I talk to another Christian and all they do is tell me that they 
they've been praying about X, Y, and Z for months or years, and it just hasn't happened. But right. a lot of times, you're they're not executing on what it is they're praying for. You still have to take action, and you still have to take risks, even if God is calling you to do it, or even if you feel the universe is calling you to do it. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're being called to do it. If you don't actually fucking do it, then nothing's going to happen. You still have to work. And then if it is the intention of the universe or God, by you putting in the work, then you'll get the outcome that you need to get to either the next stepping stone or to actually achieve the goal that you're pursuing. But to think that you can just pray about it or that you can yeah. just will it into the universe without action <laughs> is just absurd. Oh, I love, 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 love this. And to like put it into words, this is what I call, and I could not agree more with everything you just said. This is called the law of action and the law of attraction together, right? Like we call it in my work, I call it the law of attraction, which is like working with the universe. But to me, it literally doesn't mean I have Christian clients as well. And it's working with God, working with the higher power, whoever it is for you and saying like, this is what I desire. Let's get on the same wavelength, like God, pizza, Buddha, Allah. And that's the law of attraction. But there has to be the law of action, which is the movement forward, like you're saying. Because if you're like, God, 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 I am so praying for five incredible aligned clients that I can help with their fitness journey. And then you're like, all right, so I'm going to go make a pizza because I'm nervous. And I don't know if I have the power and I don't know what to say. And I'm not going to show up on Instagram because I'm nervous that I won't say this right thing for those clients and analysis by over paralysis, right? then you're not going to take the action. And then God's like, wait a minute. Didn't we just talk about you wanting five new clients or that new shiny job or that new raise, whatever it may be. But God is like, I'm confused because you're making pizza and you haven't posted jack shit. <laughs> God's up there like, what is going on? Clearly you're not ready. So I'm just going to hang out up here until you're ready. Right? Like that, that is how I believe. What do you, what do you guys think about that? I know. I love that. I think that's something that uh, we definitely, like I said, we, we preach at all the time that you can't just pray about something that you can't just will it into, into reality. You have to act on it. And at the same, on the same token, you may be praying for something, working your ass off to get something. And it might not be time because you aren't ready, mm. even though you think you are. And it's not that God's not listening or that the universe doesn't want you to have these things. It's yeah. that you haven't developed either knowledge, skill, or experience or done enough self-work and self-growth to yeah. achieve whatever it is that you're, you're pursuing. It's not that God hears your prayer and he's like, I ain't giving that to you. He's <laughs> probably trying to speak to you and you're not listening. And he's trying to tell you, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z before this could ever come to fruition. So I think there's, there's that whole other side of the conversation too. And that comes back to what? Trust and faith in, that, in yourself and the universe. And yeah, I love that. Knowing that whatever is here for you is, is perfect for you. And I hate to use the word perfect because like we're really trying to move away from that with my clients at least. Like I attract recovering perfectionists or try not to use that word, but truly how is what in, what is in front of you right now perfect for you? How is what is in front of you the perfect stepping stone to get you to the thing that you desire? And you've got your blinders on 
at the goal ahead of you and you're like, why can I not take the step to the rock? And there's like two rocks to your right and two rocks to your left that zigzag you would get there, but you got your blinders on and you can't even see it. Yeah, I love that. Okay, the last topic I want to kind of transition to here is asking for help. Because I think we just we just spent an hour talking about how you need to take action. You need to pursue things that ego can get in your way and perfectionism and all these different topics. Well, for a lot of people, they don't have either the bandwidth or the ability to combat this themselves as much as they think they may want to. So what I want to talk yeah. to you about, Hannah, is just what are – what are the benefits to just seeking help, whether it's a mindset coach, a therapist, yeah. uh, having these deep conversations with someone you know who can hold you accountable, but why is it yeah. so important and why can it be so valuable to ask for help? Oh my God. And it's so funny because I recorded a podcast this summer with my girlfriend. Like we were like on FaceTime walking with each other and we're like, pause, this is a great conversation. Let's record a podcast. And it was all about that exact topic. And it is setting the ego aside in order to ask for help, right? Because when we have ego, the ego says, I can do this on my own. The ego says that I am strong enough. I don't need your help. And it's, it's batshit, right? It's crazy. Why would we do that when there are so many people in front of us who have been through what we've been through? Of course, you can do it on your own. Of course, that you can build a seven-figure business on your own. Maybe it'll take you a decade if you ask for help, people who have been there before, people who can see all the rocks in front of you that you could step upon, it'll get you there so much faster if and only if you're able to put your ego aside in order to ask for help. And the other part of this being that one reason that you probably have an ego around not wanting to ask for help is because you're good at helping other people, right? And here's the thing. We think because we're good at helping other people that we can help ourselves. We can't see our own shit. Okay. Like I said before, we've got blinders on. Let me just tell you, I am a mindset coach. I study mindset day in and day out. This is what I do. This is what I live for. Right. When we went through empower us three, me, Derek and Ashley and a bunch of other beautiful humans, when our mindset coach came on the call, I was the first one to raise my damn hand, everyone, and then Derek and Ashley, right? They're right there with me. Because I cannot see through my own shit, right? And there's so much power in knowing that somebody else can help you just sort it out or lend a, a listening ear so that you can get it out, right? Because we can journal it out or we can talk it out. And when we're so deep in it, it's really, really, really hard to see what's going on on the other side. So I think that it, to ask for help is to let your ego uh, be put to rest in that moment. And it's so incredibly powerful. And I even, I just started a meditation challenge and I asked my partner, I'm like, hey, do you think I should post a meditation at night, like the night before or in the morning? And he was like, I think you should post it the night before so that people can have it queued up. I do this in my own practice at night. I queue up a meditation. So it's ready in the morning. So I can't go scrolling. It's just right there. When I wake up, I couldn't even remember that in that moment, he had to bring me that information from the outside in. 
right? I don't know why I can't see it, but I just can't because I got a million other things going on. And like the meditation challenge should look like this and this and this and this and the shoulds and the, oh my God, am I going to be good enough? And the blah, 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 blah. Our minds are busy. Our minds are full. Allowing somebody to help us allows us to sort out the dust in order to have incredible insights that can help us move forward. Yeah, I love that. And I think even if you feel you're in a good place or that you feel like you've been successful, you can still benefit from speaking to someone, from getting mentorship, from hiring a coach. Oh my God. You know, that's something that I think a lot of like type A entrepreneur, like individuals like the three of us, it's easy to say, no, I can figure this shit out. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've done pretty well already this past two years with ballistic. Like right. we just got to keep, keep chugging along. We got to keep going. Right. And then you can sign up for like a group coaching course, like empower, or we just hired our first one-on-one coach for business and nice. you can have one conversation and have your whole world flipped on its head because right. they introduce you to concepts and ideas and saw everything through a different lens Mm. And that could be the catalyst to you finding immense success, or it could be the catalyst to you completely pivoting and changing things and pursuing something else because they opened your eyes to what you couldn't see, like you had mentioned. But our ego got in our way for a year and a half. Like we were those people that were like, we don't need a business coach. Like we can do this on our own. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is that you can be those individuals and think you're fine. But even if you even if you are fine and you genu- genuinely are okay and you're successful, you can still benefit from asking for help and pursuing that relationship mm-hmm. and that accountability and just that mentorship. Mm-hmm. Dude, you said earlier that they open your, like, let's talk about perspective. That You said they open your eyes, this coach, this other person, this person that you asked for help from, they open your eyes in it to a different perspective. We talked about earlier how we all wear the goggles of our previous experience. They have a different previous experience. So it all comes you know, back to conditioning and, and patterning and experience and how we see the world differently. So you using the word, I can't remember what word you used earlier that like lit my shit on fire and I totally- Identity. Identity, right? Like I've never used that <laughs> word. I don't freaking know why. It's just never been in my sphere. But because I'm open to it, I can now integrate that word and I will. And you'll see it on my Instagram now and you'll see how I start to use it because I love it. I'd like a royalty on that every <laughs> yeah, time well, I use it. Every time I'll be like, like, so we're going to talk about identity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do an entire program on identity now. Okay, that should be a couple grand then in my pocket. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I love that. I think that was a perfect place to kind of wrap up the conversation and I think we did pretty damn good for just a free-flowing, no structure, no question uh, episode here. What did we? Oh, flow with it. We really flowed with it. With yeah, a D. that's. We need to quit that. Cut uh, that part out. Cut that part you shouldn't out. say that ever. Uh, but anyway, Hannah, uh, before we wrap things up, if anyone listening wants to find out more about you, your programs and services, or just ask you questions, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Best Life by Hannah, and that's Hannah with one H. So Best Life by Hannah, H-A-N-N-A. Um, I also have a podcast myself. I solo cast every uh, Sunday, and it comes out to you guys every Monday. So 
if you want to tune in, I talk about some mindset topic. Usually it's just like whatever I'm going through because as a mindset coach, I still go through mindset struggles. That's how that shit goes. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on my podcast, which is the Life Bits podcast on Apple or literally wherever else. And yeah, I would love to connect with you. If you're hearing this, if you connect with me, send me a DM like, yo, found you on the podcast because that would be super fun to know. Yeah, we'll put that shit in the show notes. We'll link your podcast. We'll link the your Instagram so everybody can find you there. When does your meditation challenge start? It actually started yesterday. So we are oh, in the midst oh, of the nice. meditation challenge. And I will definitely be hosting more. Like I think this will be at least a quarterly thing, if not more, because it's been so impactful on, you know, we talk about awareness. This is how you build it. Perfect. Love it. Hannah, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing all that you do with uh, your your entire brand, Best Life by Hannah, Life Bits Podcast, the whole deal. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.